Yo, how's it going? And welcome back to episode 22 of the Youth of the Nation podcast. Today, what we're going to be talking about is some pretty interesting topics or just topics that have been on my heart. And today we're going to talk about that. We're all on the same team. That as believers, we are all on the same team. Also, we talk about why Christians uh, not being on the same team, why we are just so, so bad on social media. Then I'll be talking about, hey, why are we attacking Carson Wentz? That's a little that's a little sports talk, but also just character and having high character talk. And then uh, a young preacher and what that means for me. And maybe there's some people in youth ministry, what that may mean for them. And I'll be talking about Martin Luther King, of course, uh, and then his quote that he has about bootstrap. So hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks for checking it out. Let's do it. Yo, again, hey, thanks for checking out the episode. Today is a lone episode. I know that you haven't heard one of those in a while, but the interviews that I've been having, the people that I've been talking to has been absolutely amazing. But today, I just want to talk about some of these topics. Some of them are coming to my heart. And first, I want to start with the light, harder topic, something that I find is so, so, so funny. And what, and then what it's going to be is it's going to be footage or just a little sound bite of the Adrian Broner, Manny Pacquiao fight and what he says after the fight. So go ahead and check this out and then I'll talk about it. We're going to conduct this professionally or we're not going to have an interview. You make the decision. What did you think about the fight? What you, I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. Everybody out there know I beat him. I controlled the fight. He was missing. I hit him clean more times. I beat him. You averaged eight punches. Less than eight punches was the most punches that you had in the round, and it seemed as though you couldn't get it close enough. Like, it already sounded like you was against me. So I already ain't, I already, I already ain't got a fair facts. shake talking to you. But let me talk something. Let me let y'all know. I want to thank the whole hood who came out here. I love y'all. I did this for the hood. Y'all know I beat that boy. Okay, so the funniest thing about this video is... The stats, when you watch a boxing fight, stat the stats of the fight are going, like, they're happening. You know what they are. Like, you can understand. Like, they show you what's happening. The whole fight. The whole fight, they show you what's happening. So, the interesting part about this fight is that Adrian Broner is not landing more than eight hits on Manny Pacquiao. If, you, if you're in the fighting world, I, I wrestled, I did a little bit of MMA for a little bit, and... When you're in the fighting world, not landing punches is a big deal because when it comes down to the score and decision, it's about hits you land, takedowns you have, also awesome types of things come together and give you your score. So Adrian Broner was not hitting him at all, just not, not at all. And then he comes to the, the announcer, Jim Gray, and he goes, yo, man, I won that fight, man. Hey, I won that fight, man. Shout out to the hood, West Side, Cincinnati. And I went on Twitter, and the hood's like, "Hey, we don't, we we don't know who that is. He he did not beat him." So I just thought it was funny because you can see the denial in his in his voice. He's like, "Man, you could tell you're already against me, man. Man, I won that fight." And everyone's like, "No, you didn't. You didn't win that fight. It, it was unanimous. Like they could have honestly ended the the twelfth round in the middle of the round, and Mackie, Manny Pacquiao still won. No, only." 
the only chance that Broner had, you know, in going into the eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth round, was knocking him out, and he did not do. So anyway, I thought that was just hilarious. Like homeboy was straight up just tripping. Like I won that fight, man. You know I won that fight, man. You against me. You against me. You against me. You know what I don't like? I don't like a you against me guy. You're against me. You're against me. You're against me. No one's against you. We're just pointing out facts. You lost a fight and you had no chance. It wasn't even close. You weren't even swinging. The point of boxing is to hit the person that is in front of you. If you can't hit that person, you're tripping. Like You really are tripping. Because then you're going to go out here and say, I think I won the fight. You did not win the fight, bruh. You weren't even close to winning the fight. Anyway, denial denial is terrible. See, this is what, hap- this is what denial gets you. This is where lies. This is what the lies of the enemy get you. They think you beat someone who's, first of all, a legend. They, they say you beat him, and you didn't. You weren't close. You tried. It was cute. It was real cute. But you weren't even close, man. So anyway, I think that's just hilarious. Uh, that clip is my favorite clip of 2019. Just no, I beat him, man. And then he ran on the ring. He ran on the ring earlier and just ran on the wing and just like kind of just yelled and was like, "Hey, man, check me out, bro. You tripping, bro? You are tripping, 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 tripping." Anyway, y'all, let's get to this next topic. Carson Wentz. Why are we out here slandering Carson Wentz? Well, Nate, what do you mean? Carson Wentz, I thought Carson Wentz was a great guy. He was a he was a believer. He loved the Lord and he yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is. He he does love the Lord. He to my understanding, unless there's some crazy thing that's happening that no one knows about, he is a great guy. But media Media likes to turn things. I see I don't like this hashtag fake news stuff. But this is literally hashtag fake news. Why do you say? So this article comes out and I think it was Sunday. Uh yesterday was Monday, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. So it came out Monday. And or Sunday, sorry. It came out Sunday, probably during the NFC and AFC championship games, which were insane in their own right. And as I'm watching the games, actually, I didn't watch any of the games. As I'm just like chilling at home, doing homework and just kicking it, I uh, actually, I didn't even see it on Sunday. See, the funny thing was it came out on Sunday and everyone, I guess everyone on Twitter was going off, but I just didn't spend time on social media because I did homework and then we went, uh, Julie and I went to this like comedy like show, which was super funny. Uh, and then we rode the line bike scooters, which was also dope. But that, I mean, that's what we did. We just had a, we had a great time. And so I wasn't really checking Twitter and any of that, which I usually do all of the time. And <laughs> what what I found was that I wake up Monday morning and there's slander. There's, uh, as the word would say, poppycock. There is uh, something that flabbergasted your boy on my phone. So I wake up, I sleep with my phone to my right. It's like on this little stand. I charge it with my, with my watch and in my phone, and uh, weird flex, uh, but okay, and I look over, you know, because I open it, I always scroll for about 10 minutes just to see what's going on, I have FOMO, I'll be real with you, 
and and I check it out. And y'all, what I'm telling you that just happened, I'm telling you. Oh my goodness. Homeboy. Homeboy Jimmy Sanquinclino, that's his name, put this article that called Carson Wentz egotistical. He was about himself. He didn't show up in clutch moments. All of these things. And they said, and a, a unanimous source in the locker room said this. A player on the team said this. And they're attacking his character. And the guy calmly said, no, I'm not attacking his character. I'm attacking his his work ethic. And, and No, 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 no. But if you're saying he's egotistical, you're attacking his character. Okay, so we know that he's been on the field and he's kind of hard to, not hard to deal with, but difficult. Right? Because he, he, he knows an offense. He knows how to talk about an offense. He knows football. So he's going to be confident in that. Man, your boy Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback to ever play the game, has that trait. So if my quarterback has that trait, I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. And again, I don't want to get into the nuance of sports talk because this is less about the sports and more about character. And for young people, I think character is 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 a top of the leadership wheel, per se. It's on top of how people are going to judge you, right? Because I think people... Look at our character, right? A lot of people say character is how people look at you and how people see you. And if people, if you messed up, how people think you would, how you were. Now, what I've been told that character is, are you the same person that when the doors are closed, that when the doors are open? Not talking about anything weird. I'm not trying to be creepy. What I'm saying is like, are you the same? If someone were to bring up someone to you out in the open, would you talk about that person the same way if it was behind closed doors? If you had a pot, if you had beef with somebody, would you say it to that person as you would say it behind closed doors? I, I, and I struggle with character. I struggle with this. It's tough. Some people are doing some outlandish things out here, homie. And I struggle with that. And, I, and I'll be real. We just got to keep it straight. We got to keep it straight up. See, I talk to my campaigners guys all the time. Hey, if they're not in the room, don't talk about them. And then I go off and do it. <laughs> right? I mean, that's why that's why I'm glad Jesus is our model for ministry. Because if I was the model, we'd be screwed. Because I'd say, hey, don't do this. And then I messed up. But anyway, character. What do you do? Who are you? Behind closed doors. Are you the same in open doors? You know, integrity, character. And Carson Wentz is a high character guy. During the Saints loss, he said, this loss is on me. I know it is. I need to make better plays. Loves the Lord. Not saying loves, not saying loving the Lord makes you automatically humble, but it sure does help. Because you can't you can't live a life for Jesus if you ain't humbled. The first step to being a follower, to being a for, to being to being a leader of Jesus is what is humble your heart. And I think Carson Wentz. I know Carson Wentz has a humble heart. So we go in, and then 
This is how you know a man, a person, has high character, high integrity, or as the youngins would say, some clout in the locker room. Players are coming everywhere saying, that's not him. That's not him. That's not him. That's not him. I love 11. I love Carson. He's a good teammate, a great teammate. He's the best, high character guy, high integrity. I love playing with him. He's my quarterback. He's our starting quarterback. He's the man. Let's go. Blah, blah, blah. They love the dude. Automatically, you look at this article and you say, this article is ridiculous because it's so biased, right? See, I'm not a journalist, but what I'm learning in journalism is that having a bias is awful. If you're going to write something, you need to be in the middle. Or even if you feel a certain way, you got to type it as if you were in the middle. See, Wentz is a high character guy. But what happens a lot is people try to attack people who are ups, who are on the up and ups character. Because Wentz going to ball out next year. Wentz going to play. And what is Jimmy going to say? I knew this. I knew it was going to happen. He's become a high character guy. He set the ego aside. What ego? Man, and I know I don't know Carson Wentz. I'm not in the locker room. And I know that there's 50, the 51 players. The other 51 players, because Carson Wentz and Nate Sudfeld are close, and Carson Wentz, so, the, you know, the 42 other players that are in the locker room, I know they don't all love Carson Wentz, and they don't, lo- you know, they don't kiss his feet, and they don't, no, I, like, I get that. People don't like each other on a football team. That's just what happens. But I know that no one is judging his character. They might judge, they might not like the way he plays, they might not like his act, like, whatever it is, but his character, come on. So, young person, as you're listening to this, how how can how can we build high character, right? And I say what I like to say is just, man, be the same person that you would be in open doors and closed doors, right? That door closes to your bedroom. Are you the same person, or do you automatically hop on this and start chatting to someone, talking about someone, blah blah blah? But when you're out there, man, you're like, man, I love Jesus, I love the Lord, I read my Bible, Ephesians two thirteen, like. What's, what are we doing? Are we high character? People know who we are. are we, uh, as some people like to say, are we above reproach? See, this doesn't mean you won't fall. But it means knowing that we, we hold ourselves to a standard. A standard. We hold ourselves to a standard. I don't know if you guys heard that bird crow, but this, these, this microphone is amazing. The bird just crowed. Yeah, that was crazy. I'm not taking it out. Um, but yeah, y'all, be of high character. Because if we aren't of high character, then we're not, we can't rest on anything, I believe. There's nothing we can rest on. Because we've, because we've lost, we've lost our character. We've lost our character. Don't lose, don't lose your character. Do not. Sweet, y'all. Hey, let's get into this next topic. Of course. And what we're going to get into is why are Christians the worst, the worst on social media? Terrible. It's just, ter- it's just terrible. All right, Pete. I just said, Pete, that was weird. Don't, that was awful. Might have to cut that. Might leave it in. Who knows? Anyway, my first point is why do we attack ourselves? What does that mean? 
I think it's fairly simple. We are all on the same team. With the same mission. With this with similar purposes. To extend the kingdom of God. To love our neighbor as we would love ourselves. To love God and love our neighbor equal to each other. That's what we've been called to do. But I don't think our calling matches who we are. Not saying that that's not true, but I'm saying I don't think the, the call that God has put in our lives, I don't think it shows evident in our world and the way we live today. What you mean by that? I go on social media a lot, probably more than I need to, probably more than I should. And I don't see non-Christians attacking Christians as I did in high school. See, I people were starting Twitter groups. See, a Twitter group, I had a, I had a fellowship club, and a Twitter group was started in complete defiance, not defiance, that's not the word, but like in complete like battle against my club which was fellowship club which was a christian club and you know we praise the lord we sang songs and it was made by some people who had been a part of the club and it was it was it was weird right and i'm not saying that like their beliefs are their beliefs are their beliefs i didn't care about that but it was like being attacked by like people from the page and people were attacking and that's the only time, literally in high school, that I've had non-believers attack me. Now, I'm not going to say, like, Christians are persecuted, because we're not. American Christians, we we just don't know persecution. Okay, so we can't read our Bible in a mall. or not Not that, but, you know, like, we don't, persecution is, we just can't do something. Man, people are getting persecuted are being killed. I'm not killed. Oh, so you can't say Jesus to a kid in your school. I, I, Jesus can work in all ways. But hey, if you're in high school, you can you can talk about Jesus all you want. Uh, you better preach about Jesus all the time. All of the time. But why do we attack each other? Why attack each other? I'm not saying that we should attack somebody else. But I thought that our enemy, the person that we are against is the is the enemy. Our enemy is the enemy. It's, 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 it's the devil. But we attack each other like we are the devil. And what happens is we have these different political parties. We have different races. We have different ideas, opinions about police and brutality. And all of these things come together. All of these things shake together. And what we find. And what we find when all of these shake together is that believers are attacking believers. Because they don't agree on this point. Yo, 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 yo. Hey, uh. Nah, like, hey, no. Trump, tr- Trump's the dude. You need to back up. You're an idiot. No, you don't get it. No, you don't get it, man. He's been sent by Christ. Not giving my opinion on that. But what we automatically do is we attack. We bash you so that person is less of a human being. But then we forget that that person may be less of a human being to us. But they are more. They are loved by Jesus. Why do we attack each other so much? Why do we go for each other when we've actually been called to love each other? 
And I'm not trying to sit here and sit on my high horse and say I haven't done the same thing. But if you go to Christian media, what you find is that it's not non-believers hopping on these pages and attacking each other. We are attacking each other. We are going for each other. Um, as the screech would say, we are at each other's necks. And that's what leads me to say that, man, believers, believers are the worst on social media. Nate, can you, can you share a good topic? No. (laughs) And I've been asked, Nate, why do you, why do you talk about the issues? Why don't you talk about the good things? There's so much good, there's so much good going on in the world. Just talk about the good things, Nate. No. No. Because when we talk about the good things only, we're blind to the things, the way that people are being hurt. I almost said hurted. <laughs> to the way people are being hurt. What does that mean? If you only talk about the good, do you know the bad? But this is how some people live. They only have knowledge of the good. And then when they brought up a problem, they said, I've never seen that problem. Well, because you never looked. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know they were scared because you're not them. Oh, I didn't know that they, like they're facing real, because you're not them. They're facing real persecution. You're not them. Be, be, you're you, which is cool. Be you. But what I'm saying is, Have knowledge of all. Try to seek understanding in all. Please try. Right? Because I'm okay with people not knowing. But if you're brought the issue to your face and you still decide not to know, to me, that's just blatant. Just you just don't care. And some of you are like, yeah, I don't care. What, homie? Cool. Be you. (laughs) You don't care. Fine. I don't dictate that. I don't control that. That's not me. You know what I mean? So, hey, listen. Don't attack each other. Why are we attacking each other on a platform? We should we should show an example of loving each other. I've heard from literally non-believers that they've said, man, the reason I don't go to the faith is because you guys are so rude to each other. Right? Some of you are like, well, their opinions don't matter. These are the people we're trying to reach. These are the people we're trying to love. And again, about the anger and about the issues. A world doesn't change by being comfortable. A world changes by being uncomfortable. A world changes by saying, no, things aren't okay. Let's try to make them okay. A world changes by saying, the youth are not feeling safe. Let's try to make them feel safe. A nation changes when we say, no, 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 no. No longer will we be separated by the color of our skin or judged by the color of our skin, but by the content of your character. By what's inside you, right? Character is a, is an, is a theme in this episode, right? I will not judge you just because you got a, a little bit more melanin. I would judge you because of your character. Because that is a fair way to judge someone. But just because my my daddy's black and my mom's half black, I was born black. Don't judge me because of that. 
Because some people say, hey, you're not the stereotypical black guy. Well, I don't know what that means, first of all. But don't judge me by that. Judge me by who I am as a man. How I treat people. How I love people. How I honor people. If you judge me by that and you don't like it, cool. But if you judge me by my skin and you can't mess with me, then we're attacking each other. We're attacking each other. Hey, y'all. Thanks for going through my heated, little heated discussion. Next, we're going to go into the ad just real quick, and then we're going to finish the episode with talking about the great, great Martin Luther King Jr. and why he has inspired me so much and inspired me from the young age of five. Let's do it. What is it about the Negro? I mean, every other group that came as an immigrant somehow, not easily, but somehow got around it. Is it just the fact that Negroes are black? White America must see that no other ethnic group has been a slave on American soil. Uh, that is one thing that other immigrant groups haven't had to face. The other thing is that the color became a stigma. American society made the Negroes' color a stigma. America freed the slaves in 19, I mean 1863 through the Emancipation Proclamation of Abraham Lincoln, but gave the slaves no land or nothing in reality, and as a matter of fact, to, to get started on. At the same time, America was giving away millions of acres of land in the West and the Midwest, which meant that there was a willingness to give the white peasants from Europe an economic base. And yet it refused to give its black peasants from Africa who came here involuntarily in chains and had worked free for 244 years any kind of economic base. And so emancipation for the Negro was really freedom to hunger. It was freedom uh, to the winds and rains of heaven. It was freedom without food to eat or land to cultivate. And therefore it was freedom and famine at the same time. And when white Americans tell the Negro to lift himself by his own bootstraps, they don't, they don't look over the legacy of slavery and segregation. I believe we ought to do all we can and seek to lift ourselves by our own bootstraps. But uh, it's a cruel jest to say to a bootless man that he ought to lift himself by his own bootstraps. And many Negroes, by the thousands and millions, have been left bootless as a result of all of these years of oppression and as a result of a society that deliberately made his color a stigma and something worthless and degrading. Martin Luther King Jr. I, I love that name when it comes up. Martin Luther King Jr. Your schools tell you that he was loved and revered and he had sacrifice and Man, he was just he was just a man that just wanted change. He just wanted change. He just couldn't wait to see little black boys and little white boys together, little black girls and white girls together. But he was hated more than we may think. He was plotted against. He was called evil. What's wrong with that Negro is what some people would say. What's different? Why is he being like this? Why can't he just be quiet? Martin Luther King Jr. 
He's a man that from that speech you just heard inspired me to speak up about about everything. I can remember in fifth grade, I got in a fight. Literally a little bit after Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I got in a fight because the dude called a girl the B word. And I said, what would Martin Luther King Jr. do? And he'd probably be peaceful about it, but I got up and swung. I got sat on, but that's a different story. Martin Luther King Jr. gave me confidence. Because on up for the for the whole year, all I've been taught was the white dude was doing it. Columbus, man, he was the dude. This guy and this guy and this guy. White. 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 Why was I never taught about Martin? Why was I never taught about him? After January. Because this is huge. Wait, why am I only hearing about black figures for a month? Maybe a month and a half. Why do we only have black celebrations, black culture celebrations in February? What about March? (laughs) Martin Luther King Jr. When I first gave my sermon, I was scared, afraid, terrified. I shared it, and it was awful. You guys have heard that story. It's terrible. But then, then I heard, I have a dream. Then I heard how he spoke to people. Then I heard the passion in his voice. I said, oh, I got to preach. See, if you look at my preaching style, I'm not saying I preach like Martin Luther King Jr., But he preached so people could be made uncomfortable, but be comforted by his words. Weird. He wasn't preaching to make everyone feel good, but he was preaching to make someone feel good, and that was his people of color. That was black people. See, I've I've seen a lot of quotes that we're quoting Martin Luther King, and we're quoting him, and we're quoting him, and we're quoting him. And those are good quotes. Quote him. Quote Martin Luther King Jr. Do that. Like, <laughs> out of all things to quote, quote him. But man, another quote that I've been hearing is, it's talking about, it is in jest, it is messed up. To tell someone to lift themselves up by their bootstraps, but they've never been given the boots. That quote makes me a little bit emotional. Because if you look at this country today, it's a bunch of people that have the boots. A bunch of people that have walked the land. A bunch of people that have cleaned up the soil that they may walk on. And they're telling other people who don't have the boots. Who've never had the boots. Who, 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 quite frankly, would they want the boots? They're telling them to lift them up cells by their bootstraps and work harder. Well, yes, they should lift them up themselves up by their bootstraps. But they've never been given them. And that quote made me emotional. It made me think, wow. How often do we tell people, hey, just just do this. Just lift yourself up. Just come on, man. Just just be different. But we don't give them the tools to do what we actually, you know, want them to do. Martin Luther King Jr. 
He didn't sacrifice his life. He did say, yo, I know that I see the promised land. I see the promised land. But he didn't die because he wanted to. He died because he made people uncomfortable. He was killed because he made people uncomfortable. He was killed because no one liked what he was doing. He was killed because he wanted change. That's why. That's why he was killed. Don't believe the narrative of he sacrificed his life. No. He died. But he did know. He did know he had the chance. So he said, I'm free at last. I'm free at last. Praise God Almighty. I'm free at last. MLK. Martin Luther King Jr. Don't leave his don't leave his don't leave his his legacy to a to a holiday that you celebrate once a month, once a year. Remember those words. Because you know what? Little black boys and little white boys. They can mingle together now. They can hang out. They can kick it with each other. But sometimes there's still attention in the room. Sometimes when people bring their kids, they see, whoa, black leader, and they kind of look at me a little bit weird. That hasn't happened, like, lately. But it used to. It used to happen a lot. I had to build my character. They had to see I had a high character, which is sad. But that's what had to happen. Martin Luther King Jr. Blaze the trail for black people to feel comfortable in their skin. To make others feel uncomfortable. Not because of their skin. That wasn't his goal. To feel uncomfortable because of their privilege and their power and who they were. See, Martin Luther King Jr., he's everything to me. He's not Jesus. I know he's not the king of kings, but y'all, he, de he death for show. He's a king. Oh, he's a king. Man. Just remembering his legacy is just amazing. I have a dream. Come on. Let's go. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, y'all. Well, I want to thank you guys so much for checking out that episode. Checking out this episode. Checking out the ad. And, of course, when I want to get it, like, I think to get into the youth of the nation. And I'm a youth of the nation. And. This is me preaching, and I don't believe I'm sharing the heart of all of the youth of the nation, because I'm young. I'm a young preacher, as some would say. And as I preach young, I'm learning that I make mistakes and I make failures. And all I want to say to the youth pastor, youth leader listening to this and saying, man, man, I have kids I want to speak. I have kids that have the calling, the gifting. What do I do? Let them do it. Give them chances. Give them chances to speak. Give them chances to share. That's my little nugget about being a young preacher. Give them chances to share. Give them chances to speak about Jesus. Because if you don't give them chances, they're going to feel like they never can speak about Jesus. But let them share about Jesus. Again, remember, the first sermon I ever preached was awful in every way. But hey, he believed in me. He kept letting me preach. and kept letting me share. And I believe I kind of, I'm all right at it now. I have a lot of ways to go. I'm yelling a lot. I'm pacing a lot. But I have a lot to learn. And that's okay. But someone, they keep giving me the chance to preach. 
20-year-old preacher out here. Preach it. It's amazing. It's amazing. Well, guys, again, thank you so much for checking out the episode. Episode 21. 22, my bad. Episode 22. 22 episodes. That means in 21 more weeks, we'll be past a year. My voice just cracked, but we'll be past a year, which is going to be super dope. So, hey, guys, next week, we're going to have my friend Brian Allard. I think this is his name. He loves fitness, faith, sharing to young people, and he loves Jesus. And again, a lot of people that come in here love Jesus, but also I'm going to have some people who are wellness coaches and kind of outside of that, but get, you know, just going across the world and not making sure that we're hearing different opinions, different thoughts. So there might be even some debates coming up soon. So who knows? But hey, Brian Allard is going to be coming on the episode. So I really hope y'all check that out next week. But again, share this episode, rate this episode, keep watching. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. Peace. Mississippi, from every mountainside, let freedom ring and we get capital. When we allow freedom ring, when we let it ring from every village and every hamlet, from every state and every city, we will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free at last.